Welcome back to Beyond the Core podcast. This is your host, Claudia Suarez, and I am so excited to be back this weekend with a new meaningful dance-related conversation. Before we start, I would like to thank everyone who dedicated a bit of their time to listen to last week's episode with Jordan Tilton. I hope you're finding value in all of Beyond the Corp's conversations, no matter if you're listening now, during a world crisis, or after. Talking about a crisis, I really wanted to know how small ballet companies are doing in this COVID-19 situation. This is why I contacted my former executive director, Ruby Romero Isayev. I met Miss Ruby about eight years ago, or a little bit more. She's Vladimir Isayev's wife, who is, in fact, my former artistic director. When I moved to the United States, they welcomed me into their school with a scholarship. And after graduating, Mr. Vladimir took me into the company as a trainee, and later on, I was promoted to an apprentice position. This was the first company I danced with. Arts Ballet Theatre of Florida is a small company in North Miami, Florida. The number of dancers fluctuates between 14 and 20. It has a small staff, volunteers, and dances in local theatres throughout the year. But what I wanted to know from Miss Ruby was her exact role as executive director the challenges she faces every year, the competition she faces representing the company while at grant browsing, and a bit more about the budget and planning. But specifically, I really wanted to know how they're dealing with this difficult situation with the coronavirus. Every single dance company has been affected, and Arts Ballet Theatre of Florida suffers just as much as a local business. There's a silver lightning to all. Art never dies. Follow me into Miss Ruby's wise words in our fantastic conversation. I hope that after this, you can find a bit more value for dance companies and specifically the people who are part of them and direct them. So Miss Ruby, can you tell us a little bit about where you come from, your artistic background and how did you meet Mr. Vladimir? I know it's a lot to chunk in. in a few minutes, but as much as you can. All right. Let's start with saying that that I am right now the um, the executive director of Arts Valley Theater of Florida, and uh, my background comes from since I was born because I was born in a family of artists. My father was a very well known composer and orchestra conductor, Aldemaro Romero. All my family is a bunch of artists, you know actors, uh, writers, um, designers, painters, you name it. <laughs> Everybody's an artist in its own way. I uh, started at a very young age to work in the uh, entertainment business, like a whole. Um, I worked uh, not only popular music, um, but also um, classical music, producing shows, performances etc so there is a very long story but um and i met actually mr vladimir who is the actress the director of the company at uh, the teatro teresa carreño in venezuela because i i was working there and he was working there so we met over there and um, and then we moved to miami in 1997 
and uh, he was invited by a small school, small ballet school, to take over the place of another ballet teacher. And uh, I came along. At the same time, he was invited by Miami City Ballet School to teach there, where he remained for five years. And uh, since then, we created Arts Ballet Theater of Florida. And um, this is where we stand now. It's a ballet company that is already 22 years of age. Perfect. And I mean, I, from what I know, because I was a dancer in the company as well, but for what I know, it started with very few dancers. And uh, yeah, actually, what motivated to open the company was from the school. We mm -hmm. did um, a first nutcracker with the students of the school and two professional dancers. That's how it started. Uh, when the time came that same year to graduate, the students that came to take classes with Vladimir, he said, well, you know, I, need, I want to help you get a job in a company here or there where I have my friends. He, the students said, wait, we want to continue dancing with you. We don't want to go anywhere. So what happened was um, that we decided to open then the company. It started as a junior company and eventually started to, to build up. We worked it very hard. It's, it is not... A 40 dancers company, a 60 <laughs> dancers company. It's a very small company. The number of dancers fluctuates between 14 or 16 and 20 dancers. They dance through the season. They do have a contract for some 30, 34, 36. It depends on the calendar of the year. That's the contract, the 34 weeks. And they have a salary. That we have to pay yes <laughs> and additionally to that well all the productions and i have my production people and um, all the administrative staff that has been growing through the years that's how that's how it was that's it started how it and, and this is where we stand now yeah what is your role exactly as executive director i mean you, you said you you are now the executive director but i guess it's not that I guess. I know that you have many hats to put on. I wear, I wear many hats, yes. I wear many <laughs> hats from what an executive director is to sometimes a janitor <laughs> of the studios. <laughs> yeah. But I do it with pride. You know, there are so many things that we have to do. I, I Not only I try to guide the company and to where it has to stand um, a little bit. Artistic, of course, I... I'm lucky to work with Vladimir because he has his artistic ideas. Sometimes they are incredible. Sometimes I have to say, uh, no, no <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, uh, or why don't we do this? I'm very lucky to have a wonderful board of directors, very small board of directors. They're very active and very close to us, mm -hmm. um, very effective. Um, and then I write the grants. I do the marketing, I do the social media, uh, I produce the shows, uh, well, almost everything. Almost but um, I have several people that I delegate some responsibilities and that's what makes it a little bit easier. Perfect. Let's go to, uh, to the point here that I wanted to invite you because we are in a very difficult time uh, in the world. As we know but take that to one side and if that didn't happen at all 
what are the challenges that you encounter each season? Let's say grants. I know grants are a huge headache because in the U.S., unfortunately, the companies are not supported by the government like some companies in Europe and Russia. So how is how does that work? They are they they are supported, but you have to compete. You have to to enter into the con you know to to enter a concourse. You have to enter a competition to fight for those grants, like into a pool, a big pool, where there are many fishes and there are sharks too. Mm -hmm. So you have to go in there and convince the people, the panelists that are assigned by the government to that, that we deserve that support for one year. And that is the difficult part because next year yeah. I have to compete again and compete again in other countries like uh, in, in Latin America or in Europe, you are assigned for life, mm. for life until, of course, you, while you demonstrate that you are active and that you are doing everything correctly, you know, you, they have an eye on you all the time. But um, you know that you can, with a budget, and what you fight for in those countries is the amount, actually, but not not that you were not assigned or supported by the by the government so that's the difference but yes yeah local government is what supports arts ballet the miami Dade department of cultural affairs the broward county cultural division the state of florida we haven't gotten to a, the point where uh, the national endowment of the arts has provided us with a grant but most of these grants that we receive from the local government come from the National Endowment for the Arts. So, you know, when it's like a rolling ball. It's like a... Yeah, snowball. A snowball. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, doing it every year, it's, it's a headache. It's a and challenge. It's a, it's a, lot, a, challenge, a lot of yeah. work. Mm -hmm. it, it is a lot of work because you have to write for that person who reads and you don't mm -hmm. know that person. You know, yeah. it's a panel, it's a panel, and you don't know these people, what they have in their mind as support. I, some go with all the intentions of, I am here to evaluate this company and to give them the opportunity. Some go, I am here to evaluate these people and flunk them. <laughs> you know? In yeah. some way, you sometimes you don't understand, but that's, that, you know, that, that's maybe what makes it fair when you go to compete. Yeah. The other thing um, that is mostly like my personal challenge because I am the person in charge of that, to get grants and the financial support, not only from, from the government, but, but from private organizations, private foundations. It is difficult to take care of the donors, to pamper them. You have to pamper the donor. You have to take care of the donor. You have to uh, look after them, ask them, how are you doing? How's everything? Send an email here and there, a little card, a birthday card, you know, that type <laughs> of stuff that takes some very important time for big things that you're doing, but you, that is important too. So those are the chunks of time that make it challenging for me because I have too many responsibilities. The other challenge is to convince people to make them come to the ballet. Yes. Come to watch ballet because 
people are cocooning more and more. There are many options out there on TV mm-hmm. through the screen. And I commend all those big companies that for the last, what, four or five years have been offering their performances at a movie theater. Great. But you are diminishing. I feel that you are diminishing the value of a live performance. The purpose of so much training or so much work from the dancer to offer you something face-to-face where not only you are getting the emotions of that dancer and uh, you're enjoying the skills of the dancer and the artistry of the dancers, but you are not allowing the dancer to know that he's valuable, that she's valuable. When she does a pirouette, they don't hear a clap through the screen, you know? And yes, a dancer, a professional dancer dances and he gets paid. But I think that 70% of what they are expecting is that applause more than the check. No, for sure. (laughs) Uh, So if you're not giving them that, and then, yeah, you're watching the, the thing through the screen and then you don't even say anything, you know. Sometimes I see also in the social media uh, that they put little performances or short things, da, 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 and nobody responds. Nobody sends an email. Nobody sends a message. Nobody just, uh, okay, a little hard, but they're taking the likes now. So you don't know. You don't really know if people liked it. Mm-hmm. So we're, I think after this crisis that we're living through right now, there will be a new world out there when we come out and um, God knows how, but we have to be prepared for that. But I think the most that suffer are the ones that are doing their job for love. For sure. No. Yeah. And it's, it's very shocking to see all the theaters, even Broadway going dark, like as they say. So what is now your opinion that for the first time in our generation that is happening? Because I think if I remember correctly, the last time the theaters closed, maybe it was World War II or something in, in during war. And it what is did. your opinion now? It did, but not for ballet. Not for ballet. Yeah. That's, no. mm-hmm. Not for ballet. Uh, the schools, ballet schools in Russia continue. They Everybody continue. continue to that's have for sure. their classes. I mean, you've seen photos there where they, the dancers are taking classes outside the studios or by the street, but they are taking the class. So ballet didn't stop. Music has never stopped. That's right. Even, you know, Jewish musicians that were imprisoned during, they kept playing. So, you know, I... I was talking to my late father once, and he said, once people don't know the value of music, uh, when you do, when someone goes on, on, um, on a strike, uh, we went on a strike for writers, I think, uh, a few years ago on TV. So people were just improvising things. You didn't have the TV shows or, you know, things like that. But things continue to go on. But if all the musicians in the world do a strike, you couldn't even ring the bell of your house. Yeah. Because that is music. 
that is made by a musician. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the arts have been always the most sublime thing that a human being can create, you know, all the, um, the paintings and everything started because people wanted to worship God and the most sublime thing in the in your life is, is going to be always God, mm -hmm. whatever God you have in your life, but it's because you worship it. And when you say that you don't believe in God, but you believe in dance, then that is your God. You know, you are doing it for that love, for that feeling, for that recognition of, of the greatest thing that you can feel. I think it's going to be a very different world out there, like I said, and I think the purpose of the arts is going to be reevaluated, and hopefully people can evaluate higher of what, you know, because it's what's keeping everybody happy at home. Yep. Entertainment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Entertainment, music, ballet, theater, whatever they're doing this. But, um, you know, it is, it is shocking. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to keep our health. We have to do the best we can to survive this crisis and to cooperate with the world. Yeah, no, definitely. You shared a video yesterday of the orchestra of uh, Universidad Simón Bolívar in Venezuela and they, they put all the instruments together as if they were in the orchestra that was beautiful and it was one yeah. of your father's pieces correct that I love to dance to <laughs> um, one thing like I, like I said before is seeing those companies like New York City Valley that they have huge a huge budget dancers as their employees they're shutting down okay but companies like Arts Body Theater of Florida that are smaller the dancers are in a contract and everything how is Arts Ballet Theater of Florida, unfortunately, being impacted by this as any small business or? Well, we were shut down two days before our performance, one of our performances of Dr. Ouch. It was a performance that was very well sold already at the Brower Center, and we were super excited about it. And um, we had two more performances of the same ballet the weekend before and it was super uh, successful audiences loved it and um, I think the word of mouth so you gotta see this you gotta this this is what worked for the ticket sales and then we have to stop that yeah. that really killed us you know but I think and then of course our final performances which is scheduled to, well they were scheduled to be on April 18 and 19 or um, are canceled. For that repertoire, it really breaks our heart because that is the performance where all the dancers, after a whole year working together, are at the top of being, you know, they, they already work together and they know each other and, and they're giving the most of them on stage so the repertoire was incredible spring waters diana Nacteon, the shades of la baya there um, la favorita donizetti's variation so it was very a very intense uh program they worked so hard thank god they had worked so hard from january you know and we were ready to go 
Like if you would have said, you know what, we're going to do Dr. Arch today and tomorrow we're going to do the gala, we we're going to be ready. Mm. And oops, you know. It's gone. Yeah. Gone. It's gone. It's that there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, costumes, 32 white tutus for La Bayadere that we purchased, you know, no, no, mm. you know that costume made and this and that a huge investment so i think the first impact is emotionally for the dancers that's the first impact emotionally of disappointment and like Vladimir says you know um ballet is a visual art yes dancers have to be in shape let's say they say in a week yes we can go back on stage they're not ready they have to start all over again to get their bodies ready for this. And I mean, we see dancers taking class online, but that's not the same floor. Not the that's same. not the same. It's not the same. You can warm up your muscles a little bit here and there and stretch, but you're not doing your pirouettes. You're not doing your jumps. I mean, a, a man can jump, I don't know, six feet high. How are they going to jump in their living room? Yeah, because class is one thing. And you can take class even if you have um, not the proper floor in your house. But I think rehearsals are what also, it's very of course, important but, in the body. But so. still, the class, you need to do the jumps. Mm -hmm. You cannot jump on cement. No. You're going to break your shins. Yeah. You're going to break your knees. You're going to, you know, hurt your uh, back. When you jump, 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 the way a professional dancer jumps. Exactly. Let's, let's put it very clear, make it very clear, you know. It's like, okay, let's do 32 changements de pie. It's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> you can do that on a, on a cement. And you know? women on point shoes even. It's no nothing no. you can do. That's mm -hmm. very dangerous. It's super dangerous. So yeah. that's the, those are the most significant for our dancers, I think. And then, of course, we have made the commitment to pay them their, their you know, their weekly salary. The rest. That they get to finish the contract with them the best we can. We're going to do it in a, on a week basis to see until when we can wait for that. They cannot ask for unemployment as they are independent contractors. But we're still waiting on the law to be really signed and really studied. That would be Monday, Tuesday, who knows, of next week, to see what are, you know, if, if independent contractors, like they say, they will be covered too, and then things can change. The rental of our studios. Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, that was my That question. is so hard because you know, I tried to explain someone that asked me, why do you have this room so big and there are only 10 dancers or 12 dancers in, in a class? And they go like, because this is like baseball. Yes. I only have nine players, I think. I'm not, and I'm not an expert on baseball, 9, 11, I don't know. And you need that big space mm -hmm. for them to play. Well, same thing. Dancers need a big space to travel on the floor, uh, you know, on the floor they have to jump they have to and they have to be high because you're carrying another human being as tall as you are that is at least 
six, you know, 12, 12 feet tall, and then you need the air on top because the girl lifts her hand, etc., etc. So it's, it's uh, you know, so to have that type of studio that doesn't have a column in the middle, etc., etc., it's a lot of money. It's, it's very expensive. We are not the lucky companies like many big companies with a huge budget that are not paying rent because they either own their space or they pay the city only $1 a year as wow. rent. So we are not that lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to pay that. We have to pay utilities, etc., etc. So it's, it's a huge impact. Then the other part of this crisis is when we come back. Yes. How much money is going to take to come back? Yeah. And How are we going to do this? And also we have to train to that. All hmm? those performances canceled. Are, it's everything is going to be squeezed <sighs> in mm-hmm. the calendar of the theater. Mm-hmm. Thank God we have a wonderful understanding with the Broward Center for the Performing Arts, which is uh, the organization that works with the Broward Center, with Parker Playhouse, and Aventura Arts and Cultural Center. And they have, you know, they have forgiven us the commitment of this. But there are other theaters that are not doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. if people already paid for that, you're stuck with that. What they can do is move the dates, etc., etc. And everything will be, like you said, crushed together. And I imagine it's first come, first serve in reserving. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know, yes. people ask me some questions, and I go like, "Ma'am, I don't know." know. <laughs> the answer is going to be the same always. We don't know because this is the first time that we're going through this crisis. This is the first time that this is happening. Uh, I think everybody's doing the best they can. Um, some other companies, they just fire their dancers. And yeah. uh, even though they are independent contractors, they're just not dancing, period, nothing. Zero responsibility through the dancers. And there are other companies like us and Dance Now Miami also, they are committing to their dancers. And like Vladimir says, you know, for the directors, those dancers are their kids, yeah. are their family. And you have to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do. And our donors, our, uh, our supporters are also part of this family. So what we're doing is we are uploading past performances and yes. distributed to the, you know, on a link to people so they can enjoy it from home believe it or not it has made a good impact on them we've been receiving uh, some emails and some comments primarily thanking us for giving them that opportunity and for taking care of those patrons that are loyal to us that come to see our shows so you know you try the best you can do but at this moment the most affected people are the dancers for sure and my next question that I had here was about the dancers and also the little ones too. I, you have a school. I see that the teachers are um, recording some classes and everything. And the dancers of the company, 
most of them come from other countries and they can't go travel. They can't go back. They can't go back, especially in, you know, Marge Ballet Theatre Florida has a good amount of Chinese and Japanese dancers who cannot go back. No, the ja Japanese can go back. They can. No, no, yeah. Yes. Great. No, no, they, they, it's, it's not a lock, you know, lockdown in Japan as it is in China. But, uh, you know, it's each personal decision we're trying to keep up with that. Uh, some have gone back, some are here, some would stay here. Some had made the decision of staying here already before this crisis for the summer and, and uh, work for us during the summer program. So, But there are some that, that wanted to go back home and can't. Cannot go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So each, each, uh, each dancer has its own problems uh, and in terms of the school yes we're recording some classes we have to be very careful um, giving instructions to the kids on what they can or what they cannot do you know it's very nice that everybody's offering free classes online but then again the budget <laughs> and no it's not the budget it's not that listen we've been trying to have all our artists of any kind convince people that this is a real job yeah because it might have happened to you when you they ask you and where do you work and mm -hmm. you say i'm a ballet dancer yeah yeah okay great but what is your real job mm -hmm. that is the second question that comes right after so we've been fighting very hard to convince people to let them know that being a dancer that being a musician is a real job and now everybody goes out there and gives the music for free and gives free lessons for free, free ballet lessons for free, free, you know, um, um, piano lessons for free, guitar, excuse me. Mm -hmm. I don't see any architects giving you a plan for your house for free because of the coronavirus. I don't see an attorney giving you services for free because of the coronavirus. I don't even see the doctors giving you treatment for free because of the coronavirus. I mean, yes, public hospitals, okay, great. But someone is paying for that. The government is paying for that. But usually you have to pay for you, your services. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? I mean, careful, guys. Not only that, I mean, um, you can fall at home break your leg because that's on the right floor so just be careful out there and and let's be proud of what we do as artists and uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably talking on behalf of many of them because i'm not a artist as a you know like a practice but i wouldn't give lessons for free of what yeah. i do i just uh, no no why no well, yeah. I know many people are losing their jobs. They don't have money and, and this and that. But we are just at the beginning of our crisis. There are many stimulus like we spoke about. And uh, you do what you can do. Yeah. You buy what you can buy. And you don't buy what you cannot buy. But giving artistic performance, you know, artistic knowledge for free, um, not a no, I don't approve it. Maybe other people will say you're crazy. You should do it, but I, I don't. I think, I think um, you, for example, Claudia. How many years have you been on a studio 
learning ballet and then I know that you teach some kids uh, and they pay you for that. Why are you giving that for free? Yeah. It took you too many years. At least eight or ten. You to have to, mm -hmm. you know, that is a value. And not, but eight or ten, every day. People think that eight or ten, oh yeah, ballet. So, you know, you go twice a week. No, no, no. Mm. Ballet, ballet, real. Training every day, six days a week. Yes. Many times seven. So it has a value. And, and I think we have to respect that and we have to make people respect that. For that's sure. My, my, that's my observation. I see it. See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, it's for sure. I completely understand your point. And uh, just thinking about the security of the kids, you know, you are now taking a class that was recorded by the teacher at your home. But you're not being supervised, you know, the, the kid can do something wrong. And of course the parents don't know, the kid doesn't know. So it's, it's a lot to think about if, if the kid is, or yeah, the girl is doing a class that was pre-recorded by the teacher. And I, hate to say, I hate to say this word, but there's a liability right there. Oh, of course. Well, you're liable. You gave them that class. You published the class. You invited that person to take the class. What if they break their leg? How yeah. are you going to respond that, to that? Because right now everybody loves each other because we're in crisis. But it's also the time of other opportunists that are looking for the moment to take advantage yeah. of whatever happens out there, you know. And yes, it's, it is dangerous. I mean, like we said before, you cannot make kids jump. And then I also see other kids, maybe 12 years of age, that see all these free classes of higher levels for company people. And then they are taking the class that they don't know how to do these steps and they can injure themselves. But anyway, this is, I think, just um, a matter to be studied. We're all learning many things. Like I said at the beginning, before we were on air, or with this technology, we're also learning to be tech savvy <laughs> Yes, <laughs> in so many things. Uh, I mean, in one week I've learned how to, Upload videos, edit videos, um, uh, put words in, on top of the videos and use a microphone, you know, put it in the computer, upload it on YouTube, download it from whatever, you know, it's uh, incredible. Uh, uh, but thank God that, you know, our human capacity is able to do that, you know. Yes. Uh, so my, my hope is that these scientists come up with a solution very soon. Of so course. We go back to our selfish and crazy life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have two last questions or three. I know that you and Mr. Vladimir, it, the company and the school basically have this amazing summer intensive program, which you also bring teachers from Russia, uh, a lot of international students. If we are planned to go back to normal, quote-unquote, by the summer, how is this all going to be managed? You still don't know? You don't know. Uh, I'm going to answer you what I answered to someone yesterday. I said, the only thing that I haven't been able to develop, and I think I cannot, is to see the future. <laughs> But, you know, we have to continue planning ahead everything we have to do because that is a survival kit that we have we yes. need to continue 
if the uh, school recital goes later, it goes later. If it doesn't go, it doesn't go. If the summer program goes, great. If it doesn't go, it doesn't go. It's going to depend on how this virus is developing itself and transforming itself. And maybe we'll get rid of this and we'll go back to normal during the summer and then another virus is coming in November. We don't know. Yeah. So let's, let's, you know, let's be as much positive as possible. I, I would like to say that we will be starting to go a little bit back to normal by May, you know, looking at other countries, how the peak went up and then down. China is going back to activities again. Yeah. Little by little, not everybody little by little, but I hear the National Ballet School in China is going back to class. They already went back to class this week with their mask, with their, you know, gloves, yeah, and they're taking like care. Mm -hmm. They're taking care of themselves. They have medication. They already know what they're doing. They already know what medication to give to people. So they can control a little bit more. It's just about that, you know, it's, you know, and, and, as, and as human nature, we have to adapt. We're going to adapt to new situations. Maybe it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. it doesn't. And we have to adapt. We cannot live in our apartments forever. Yeah. You know, so let's see what happens. Uh, right now, this is the today and, and, and we continue to plan. I mean, I don't stop. We do our videos. We keep the audiences engaged, sending the ballets. We keep the kids engaged. Uh, with our classes and we're doing the best we can for sure this is a very broad question but in general how do you think the system needs to change in terms of supporting the arts even more in the u.s there's something that needs to be changed or something the, the competition that the, the competition for the grant like i said at the beginning of the uh, interview it has to change, it should change. Some organizations, some foundations, some, everyone, foundations and government, they have this amount of money to, you know, like a certain amount of money to distribute among several organizations. By law, they cannot reject anybody that wants to compete for that. By law, they go into uh, this pool the panel will review and the higher your points are, um, the more opportunities you have to be receiving those grants. But then you are competing with an organization that has $15 million in their budget, while we haven't reached the million yet in 20 years. You know, mm -hmm. our budget is a million dollars, a little bit less than that. So for us, $5,000, when you get a grant of $5,000, it doesn't matter from who. It means 32 twos and it means um, additionally to the two twos, it means all the tights for the girls and it means the costumes of the boys. You know, $5,000, you can do so much. Yes. So much with it in a small company. $5,000 for a company that has $15 million budget doesn't even cover the wine that they offer at one of their gaps. Mm -hmm. So that has to change. That has to change. You cannot do an educational program 
that covers, like we do, 13 public schools in Miami-Dade alone. The Dancing with Disability programs that receives kids every year with disabilities in the ballet school. Um, the summer program, we give around 20 scholarships every year. And through the year in our regular school, we also give a high number of scholarships and tell us, no, you're not gonna receive that because you don't have a bus. You don't have transportation. While this other company that has $15 million have a bus, that bus that they can, you know, they can maintain, that they can have a salary for the driver, that they can cover their liability, et cetera, et cetera. Why am I going to have a bus? Yeah. Why do I need a bus? I don't need a bus. <laughs> so that, yeah. you know, those things, uh, if you don't have transportation, we don't give you the grant. If you don't have food or you don't have, you don't give them lunches, uh, then you don't have, yeah, but to give lunch, you need to have a space where people sit down. Yeah. We don't have a dining place for kids to sit down and, you know, those type of stuff, I think they, ha they have to be revised and see what the purpose of each organization is and why are you giving the money to take classes or to have lunch? Yeah. To take classes or to have a bus to bring them to the ballet school? I mean, we are where we are. We are, you know, our boundaries are between a very, a community that has access to certain, lot amount of money but when we cross the street on the other side we are next to a community that are really poor you know yeah so that doesn't you know so the importance of this is whatever wherever the child comes from rich or poor receive the same high quality training to make ballet for them as a profession as a way to get out of whatever their problems are financially or family or who knows that shouldn't make a difference. That's kind of what I think it should change. You know, you should see small companies from another point of view and not compared to big companies. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, this is my last question. Uh, where can we find Arts Ballet Theater of Florida online, and how can we support the company at this moment? Oh, ah, there are so many ways. Thank you so much for asking that. You can always, on, on uh, any social media, it's Arts Ballet, A-R-S-T, uh, I'm sorry, A-R-T-S-B-A-L-L-E-T, Arts Ballet, A-R-T-S-B-A-L-L-E-T, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, we are on LinkedIn. And uh, our website, of course, Arts Ballet Theater with RE at the end, dot org, very important, dot org. And how can you help? First of all, believe it or not, being a volunteer, volunteer for anything you can think of. Everything is well received, and we're super happy to make you part of our family, dancing family. Then um, you can donate on our website. You can also donate through Benevity. Benevity is now giving matching dollar to dollar 
to all the organizations. You can join Smile Amazon, which is your same Amazon account, but you just change it to Smile Amazon and you just put the charity that you would like and you don't have to spend more. You don't have to donate anything. You just have to continue making your purchases and uh, a percentage of what you purchase is given to us. And um, by coming to the shows when we come back. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Ms. Ruby, for this. This was a wonderful conversation. And I'm hoping that we all go back to normal. We will. Very soon. We will. Yes. Yeah. Human nature has come back, you know, to everything, every time. It doesn't matter what. We will. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Ruby, for everything. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. And we miss you. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm here for now. but. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Please stay tuned for more episodes to come. If you would like to connect with me, Claudia Suarez, you can reach me out on Instagram at Claudia SRZ or SRZ. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can become a supporter over at Patreon. I refreshed my Patreon page and I'm so excited to see how it will come along. Just go to www.patreon.com slash beyondthecorps. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter or contact me by email. I would love to start a meaningful dance-related conversation with you. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode and please stay safe out there.